0: hello and thank you for listening to the avid reader events podcast for more information about this event or any of our other events please visit our website
1: i'd like to start by acknowledging that we're meeting on aboriginal land and in this area it's the terrible and the Yagra people and i'd like to pay my respects to their elders past present and future and any other elders who might be here today So today I'd like to introduce Professor Karen Healy. Um, Her research focuses on promoting um, a healthy start to life for vulnerable children, young people and families. In 2016, she was appointed a member of the Order of Australia um, for her contribution to social work, particularly in child protection, higher education and research. Karen holds senior advisory positions in industry and in her professional community. Everybody, please welcome the author of the moment, Karen Healy. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. And thanks so much to everyone for coming along today. It's really great to see the roll-up. And I really hope you'll eat some of this food. Um, please, please. Um, so I'm going to give a little overview of what motivated me to write this book. And um, and then Christine, our new national president, is um, <laughs> um, going to give a talk as well a bit about what the book meant for her and then I thought we'd have a little bit of a and a so if you can think of anything you'd like to ask about tricky communication um, situations I'll get Christine to answer that at the end. <laughs> um, so basically everyday social workers communicate with people in challenging and complex situations. Um, we communicate with people experiencing crises, health and mental health challenges people with a range of abilities and disabilities, um, including challenges in receiving, processing and expressing themselves in words, Um, people at different points of the life course from infants through to old age. And these situations can give rise to heightened emotions such as anger, sadness, despair and sometimes even disgust. This book um, arose from my concerns about how our human service profession deals or fails to deal with this complexity Um, and the main way that this has been dealt with is to see the sorts of things I've just mentioned as specialist areas of practice for example you can become a specialist in working with children with older people with people experiencing grief and loss with people experiencing mental health or disability challenges that would be all fine if people came in neat packages like that um, in fact, the sorts of things I've talked about, I pretty much reckon every social worker in this room faces every day of their working life. Um, meeting people, even if you work in child protection, you might be working with grandparent carers, for example. Um, working in child protection, you could also be meeting someone with mental health or uh, a disability challenge. So, what my attempt here was to try to bring these things together. Um, also, for me, emotionally, it came from um, experiences that were very confronting. For example, on my very first placement at, I don't know if it's still called the Walston Park Hospital, it might have, it's called the park now, I think, the park, right? Very first placement, pretty much, I think it was my first or second day, I was given, I think it was my first client, and he had slit himself from ear to ear and was in a state of absolute despair. And I'm talking to a person who, um, who has got stitches all around their throat and is really in a very despairing situation. And all I had was my direct practice one course that is nowhere near as good as it is these days. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I'm trying my reflective listening and I'm like, oh my God, how do I deal with this situation? And then when I became a child protection worker, pretty much every day I dealt with people who were extremely angry, aggressive. Um, despairing and they had every right to be Um, so I'm not at all criticizing them I just felt my skill set hadn't at that and my understanding wasn't adequate for that now if we don't have an understanding of this diversity of people's experience and their communication needs I think it can have many negative consequences we can become very traumatized ourselves I think we can lose confidence in our ability because we think, um, and we can also think there's something wrong with us. So why is this person yelling at me and how do I manage this situation? But probably the most important problem is that we don't deliver the best services that we can if we can't manage um, people, uh, respond to people in a very centered way when they are experiencing these range, range of emotions. So my book is an attempt to bring together um, insights from a range of social and behavioural sciences and essentially to rescue communication in social work from its reputation as the fluffy part of the discipline. So, in fact, that's what my publisher said to me, is that this has always been so fluffy, this area. So what are you going to do that's different? So what I'm trying to do that's different is I've tried to bring together insights from research in um, neuroscience, um, don't worry, I haven't gone really crazy on neuroscience, um, sociology and psychology. And just to give an example, um, currently in in psychology, there's been a renewed interest in emotions. And it's really interesting to me where that renewed interest came from. I don't know how many psychologists we have in the audience, but um, for a long time, cognitive behavioral therapy was the main way of going in psychology and the idea that it's just your thinking and your behaviour that you need to change. Well, about 20 years ago when MRI scans started to be used in psychology, a funny thing happened on the way to the MRI scan. And that was that suddenly psychologists realised that when people were in heightened emotions, they couldn't think very well. Well, they behaved differently. Duh. We kind of knew that as social workers. But we hadn't articulated what we knew. So my attempt here is to weave together into a coherent body of work um, some of these insights from different parts of social science and psychological science to enable us as social workers to navigate this breadth of experience. The second part of the book um, is about insights into diversity. So about communicating with people from cultures other than our own, which is an essential skill in a globalised world. It cannot just be a specialist area of practice. People at different points of the life course and people who are experiencing um, mental health or disability challenges. So, um, and just finally in my little talk here, I'd like to thank some people who've helped me along the way. Dennis, my husband, Christine Craig, and the many people here in this room who I've learnt a lot from um, in how you negotiate the challenging worlds of social work practice. I think we all have a lot of inherent knowledge about this, and I really hope this book is really a a further step in articulating the art and science of practice, and I hope that um, all of us will contribute more to that and make this not the fluffy area of practice, but the core of what we do. So thank you. I I now welcome Christine Craig, to whom I'm internally indebted. She was my... um, deputy vice president, I'm um, vice president while well, I was president of the AASW and she handsomely won the last uh, national election and is now our national president. So thank you, Christine, and thank you for coming up today and giving this um, welcome. Thank you.
1: I try to tell people that I'm actually not following Karen Healy because she, she's an act you can't follow, so... That's how you go. But I'd like to thank you very much. One of the beautiful things about being on the board of the WSW, one of the best privileges has been the people that I've met and the friends that I've made, and Karen is absolutely one of those. So I'm so pleased to be here today to launch this book for Karen. Um, I want to start by just very quickly giving you three vignettes of cases as i was reading the book that came up to me and i just kept thinking i wish i'd had this at the time of course in 30 years of practice you pick up a few things you hope um but um i wish i'd had this book at the time so the first one was probably within my first week of practice i think i was working at an emergency housing organization um the women there were escaping family violence Um, So it was, you know, fairly stressful anyway in terms of the work that was being done. One of the women in one of the emergency houses, her 10-year-old son went missing and he was missing overnight. So you can imagine she was already very stressed very upset about um you know the whole range of things that could have gone wrong and that could have happened to him so we decided to go to the police station when we went to the police station she was already very traumatized they looked her name up on their computers and said oh there's an outstanding warrant for your arrest walked around the counter and slapped handcuffs on her to which she dropped to the ground moaning and wailing in a way i'd never heard before and i remember standing there thinking oh she needs an expert and then i thought it's me, you know. I have to be this expert. I have to step up and handle this. That was one. The second one that comes to mind was a young man with cerebral palsy who came in to see me with his carer. And the in, the information, the referral information, was that he had... Um, been beaten up by a close friend who stole his money and he was unable to do anything about it while that was going on. It was in his home. And that he was suffering from traumatic reactions and hadn't um, had much sleep. And I guess I'd been practising for about five years at this stage. And um, so his, his, his carer stayed in for a little while and then his carer said actually he would like me to, to leave the room. I was a little nervous about it because the carer had been interpreting. His um, language skills weren't fantastic and I was having trouble understanding what he was saying. Um, and in that it, well, after the carer left that he got he got very excited and then ex- in, increasingly agitated as i couldn 't understand what he was saying, and had to keep asking him to repeat himself in the end. I had to ask the carer to come back into the room, and he actually wanted. Um, some information on how to get a sex worker who had experience in working with people with, difficult, with disabilities and he didn't want his carer to know that. So it was extremely embarrassing for him, embarrassing for the carer. I felt like I had failed um, this client. And reading, reading Karen's book, I'll go through some of the things in a minute that would have been fantastic to help at that stage. And the third one was a woman in her 60s that came to see me after a pretty much a lifetime of family violence and abuse having a fairly general conversation as it normally goes about the things that had happened and and some of the consequences of that for her when suddenly she started accusing me of putting microphones in the walls and of recording and listening to her conversations. And she got extremely agitated at this. I, I realised she was having some kind of episode in front of me, but again, I wish at the time I'd had, um, you know, some sort of some sort of go at a book like this, which would have been um, very, very helpful at the time. So what I want to do is just very briefly give an overview of the book and then relate that to those three um, areas and how they could have helped. So I know we, we all do introduction to communication skills in social work programs. We do the basics and then we build on those basics as students go through their, um, go through their programs. Often they don't go past a lot of those basics, so it is a little bit, it can be a little bit fluffy. We learn about active listening and specific kinds of questions. We learn about use of silences. We learn at times about how to regulate our own emotions and calm ourselves down, and how to do the same for clients in crisis. Um, We learn about working with interpreters and other issues that could um, influence our communication. Um, But we learn a lot of that work on how to work with people that are having a, a fair to middling kind of day often not the people that we're, that we're working with every single day in social work practice. So we're meeting people probably... I know my work at the Alfred Hospital. I meet families on the worst day of their life when they come in after something's happened there. You know, I meet people on their worst weekend, and that's everyone does that, the worst day, the worst week, the worst month, the worst year, or a combination of the worst, you know, 24 years that somebody could, could possibly have. So this book, this book um, that Karen has written, It's divided into two parts, and one part talks about the absolute skills of communication, the building blocks that everybody needs, and the challenges that you may encounter when those emotions are heightened in clients and in yourself. Um, And the second part deals with specific kinds of challenges, so working with young people, with old people, people with mental health issues, um, people that have communication issues could be for a physical or an intellectual disability, um, people from other cultures, etc. And the book aims to answer these two questions, how can we broaden communication skills generally and how can we use the research and the science that's already out there. Um, the book explores three themes, um, communication as social work skill set that needs both the art, so the learning of how, and the science, the understanding of why and what happens to people's emotions in certain situations. And she goes from engagement through to um, all the to endings and all the important stages in between and how to build a working alliance with people in all those different settings that's meaningful and respectful for, for both of you. Um, The first theme explores the use of self and our humanness but also our reflection, examining the ways our moral judgments, our decisions and our actions are determined by our emotions and to remind us to be aware of our own social location and what it is that, you know, the assumptions that we're bringing here. Um, The second theme talks about recognition of diversity. And the book covers a lot in terms of diversity. Um, Karen explores diverse communication capacities whether they be cultural, physical, crisis-induced, substance-induced, age-appropriate and there's a chapter even on total communication strategies for when you're dealing with with people that that can't communicate by voice or by, by sight or by hearing. The third theme talks about four principles of communication with people that are facing life challenges to build and maintain that working alliance with those people. So how to communicate confidence, both your own confidence and confidence in the client that they have the ability to be able to communicate and work with you as well. Um, How to communicate calmness and how to model that to the clients that you work with and non-reactivity on our behalf so that we can function and be the best person we can be in that situation because, you know, that's what all our clients deserve. Um, She talks about how to promote physical and emotional safety because as social workers, we know once you've got that, if someone is in a state of heightened emotions, you can then go on to work further with them. She talks about collaborative communication and negotiating that shared purpose and process that sets social work apart from so many other professions, that that absolute collaborative communication and the empowerment strategies that we use. So prioritising empowerment for our clients and maximising their control over the situations that they find themselves in. And she also looks at our own emotional health, so um, supportive supervision, continuous learning, things like that. which. You know, it's so very important for us to be able to continue to do these challenging um, roles. And the last sections on future directions. So she uses research and science, looks at the role of ICT, um, discusses the opportunities, especially with adolescents and younger people that often use social media in different ways to communicate and the reservations around things like the digital divide, the haves and have nots around access to the internet and social media considerations of privacy. I was thinking about the Facebook debacle when I was reading that. That was very timely. And usefulness in complex um, situations. And as we have come to expect from a good Karen Healy text, the end of every chapter wraps it up, has a conclusion, has questions, a few case studies and useful resources and websites, which is sometimes, you know, better even than the chapters because you can just keep going. But anyway, back to my people. So for this book... Um, when I was reading reading um, the stuff on heightened um, emotions, the woman that was in the police station, if I'd known the difference between heightened negative emotions and heightened anger and aggressive emotions, I would have absolutely re- realised that her emotions weren't to do with anger, weren't to do with aggression, but very much to do with Um, the trauma on trauma of her life. I probably knew that in the back of my mind anyway, but being first out of uni, it was, you know, it was a stretch. And the the way in which she needed to have her physical and her emotions made safe and the way then to step forward and work with the police. So... um, Yeah, knowing those things would have been good. Knowing the aspects of emotional and cycles of emotional escalation probably would have been a bit of a help in that situation. And being able to articulate in my mind, maintaining that professional purpose. I did get there in the end with that woman, but to have that language, to have read that book and have that language in my own mind would have made that situation a lot easier at that time. Um, With my young man with cerebral palsy, when I looked at the chapter 10 on total communication approach, on reflection I had already, you know, when you don't handle a situation well, you sit there and you think, what could I have done better? I should have done this, I could have done that. Take it to supervision. Those things were teased out, but there it all was in one chapter. So I thought, I wish I'd had this book at the start. So the slowing down, um, um, spending more time with the carer in the room, to ensure that I could understand some of what the client was saying um, slowing down my communication with him when the carer left the room asking perhaps more closed questions at the start to be able to get a better picture of where he was and what he wanted to what where he wanted to go with that those sorts of things and allowing more time would have done a lot to um, to restore his dignity or to maintain his dignity in that situation and of course um, for the woman who suddenly um, was absolutely convinced that I had microphones in the wall and were taping what was going on. I think i handled i mean i'd been out for a while then i think i handled that quite well and realized what was going on in front of me but i didn't handle the communication with the mental health worker very well when i rang up and tried to get them to either come to the community health agency where i was or to ensure that we could get her there because it was a friday afternoon and the worker really wanted her just to go home and they would call her sometime over the weekend and if she wanted she could call lifeline and in hindsight being able to um, to maintain more of a professional approach to that communication probably would have been a lot more helpful and especially a better outcome for the client that I was dealing with at that time. So um, I commend this book to everything. I think the last thing, of course, you need to have happen when you're faced with a client full of unregulated emotions um, and when you don't know how to respond um, is you don't want your lack of... Um, you don't want that interpreted as a lack of listening, as not listening, as indifference or a, as a lack of respect. You know, you need to be able to communicate with a client no matter where they are or what's going on, that you respect what they're saying. You don't want to, um, to put a client already, you know, already in trouble, further in trouble. Um, even if you have the motivation, the disposition, the place and time to give what you have to do communication, you still need that skill to deal with these difficult situations. Um, Knowing that you need to be able to find ways to establish physical and emotional safety all the time, build an alliance with your client no matter what, understand the barriers of communication that they may have in both receiving and processing that information, and the importance of appearing calm are all essential tools. I've already asked for this book to be in our library and ordered it on the book list for next next semester's professional practice and intro skills. But I think it's a great book for all social workers. It's such a valuable resource to have and to flick through and to be reminded just to have that language again in your head about, um, about what we probably all do instinctively after we've been out for a little while. So thank you very much. It's a brilliant book, Karen, and it's just going to go a long way to um, promoting social work and communication. Not fluffy at all.